Hi, I'm Sue. And I'm Rach. And this is our Georgette Heyer podcast. And in this episode, we're talking about the Black Moth. So this is an interesting one. So this is um, Heyer's first novel. And she wrote it when she was nine, uh, she, well, 17. Mm-hmm. And it was published when she was 19, we think. Wow. Yeah. So that is young, isn't it? To write a, yeah. a novel when she was, I, I guess, maybe she didn't think she wrote it as a, a short story for a sickly brother. Oh, okay. According to Wikipedia. Um, <laughs> but she, but yeah, I guess soon she made it into a, into a longer novel and it was published when she was 19, which is pretty impressive, really, isn't it? Oh, can you imagine having to read something that you wrote when you were 17? No, back I, now? I can, because I read a diary from back then. Oh. Yeah, it, 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 it's not, not to be published. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it's set um, a bit earlier than the ones we've done so far. So most of her, uh, most, uh, most of her body of work comes from the Regency period. Mm-hmm. And this is a 18th century novel. So Georgian, mm-hmm. um, George the Second would have been on the throne. Okay, and yeah, so it's a bit. It, it has a different feel from the Regencies. Now, I first heard this story on a family camping holiday. We were in a camper van. We had audio cassettes because I am that old, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, we were listening to it as a family. So it was the first. Well, and only time that my brother and dad were exposed to Georgia Heyer. <laughs> and they just... Um, did they enjoy it? Okay, so they did. They definitely enjoyed it, but they did also giggle and take the mickey a few times through it. Yeah. So they, they especially struggled with the phrase, he made an elegant leg. Yeah. Because I think they were actually picturing him like carving something Some, out yeah. of wood or something. And in this book, I'd, I have made a note that, um, that Jack makes a marvellous leg, an elaborate leg. And his most approved leg. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of, of leg. <laughs> yeah. So we were listening to that on our camping holiday, giggling quite a lot. But um, yeah, it's, it's you know, a good adventure story. Yeah. So we definitely all enjoyed it. And was it, it wasn't your first hair though? So you'd... Well, I think it must have been because I must have been around 10 years old or so. Oh, wow, okay. And I did start reading them to a little bit later. Okay, yeah. I, I, re- I really can't remember when I first read this. It wouldn't have been, definitely wouldn't have been one of my first. Mm. Um, yeah, I probably read it a bit later on. And I probably didn't quite... Definitely the first time I read it, mm. I wouldn't. I don't think I liked it as much as the Regencies. Yeah, that's when I like it. Set Regencies. That's your happy. Yeah, place. it's my happy place. Yeah. Um, and I find this one. I found this one probably yeah a bit harder going just in terms of getting into it and. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Because it's not. The, yeah, the plot isn't. <laughs> it, it it's more of a series of it's more of a set of characters really, isn't it? And their yeah. relationship rather than a really strong plot and there's, there's probably a few plots going on yeah. that interconnect so maybe this would be a good time to do a quick plot yeah, synopsis do it. yeah okay now the black moth begins with a bit of backstory yeah there's been a car party six years ago um the earl of wincham's two sons jack and richard had attended mm. and the younger son richard had cheated in a moment of madness. Yeah, he cheated. He's in debt. He's, yes, yeah. he's in love he's with the woman. Love, yeah, in love with Lavinia. Yeah, and and but they're both like in love with Lavinia, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, both but, brothers love but, her. But we get, Richard really loves her and is a bit obsessed with her. Yeah, and feels her every way because she, he's in debt and feels yeah. like he's he's never gonna get her. Yeah, and so he cheats, which is really bad. Oh yeah, well, we'll especially back then. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because it was a matter of honour, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. Um, and then. His older brother, though, steps in and takes the blame for him. Yeah, I think he 
he asks him to take the blame. There's, yeah, there's, there's a, a moment, there's a look. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, he steps in, takes the blame, and is is ostracised from that point on from polite society. So he leaves the country. Yeah. Um, he lives on his wits. Yeah, he does, and his fencing skills and yeah. guard skills. Um, eventually, he comes back to to England, but under an assumed identity, he's going around calling himself Sir Anthony Ferndale. Mm. And on, occasionally, he's also um, being a highwayman. Yeah. But like a Robin Hood highwayman. Well, yeah, you do get... I mean, I think that's how he makes his money, because he wouldn't have any other source of money, would he? Now. I, I think there's a bit of a question mark about how he makes his money. I was wondering if it was largely through gambling. Well, I think he well. tells... He t- I got the feeling that he told he tells the lawyer that he's not he doesn't do it very often but actually yeah. he goes out that night and does it so I think he's just saying that to so he doesn't oh. look worried but he actually does it more than okay. that is my interpretation but I could well be wrong I can't uh, yeah because mm. that's how he must make money but he does there's definitely a reference to him being a bit of a Robin Hood character and giving back to yeah. people and only robbing people who yeah. kind of deserve it well mm. he, there's a reference to him not robbing women um, an, an, an old, old man, man. yeah <laughs> so, <laughs> gives that yeah. man a medal and then there's like a yeah there's a bit where he says that he um he offered somebody a fight to a, a duel oh, yeah, to, yeah. to get the money off of a, a young man and then they split the the, the money box between them or something so yeah. an honorable thief no his home and adventures sound sound yeah. great don't they yeah. um so yeah he's been doing that um quite happily I guess well no he's, he's obviously missing his home missing his brother and yeah. it's difficult for him to be away from everything that he's grown up with but but not bitter not resentful no, no I think that that's that's a good point mm. um, and then one day he holds up a carriage in his guise of highwayman and who is it? his brother Richard oh I was going to say that Rachel oh <laughs> <laughs> you really stole my thunder there <laughs> but no it yes. sounds like you paused <laughs> When I edit it, it won't. Um, but yeah, so he pulls over his brother. It's a very short meeting, isn't it? But um, but Jack gives his brother enough information so that if Richard needs to find him, he can. That's right. So after meeting his older brother, Richard is haunted even more. I mean, he's been struggling anyway with what he did those years ago at the car party. And now it's even worse. You know, he's seen his brother living as a highwayman. I mean, I'm sure he's pleased he's not dead, but that's probably not the life he wanted for him. No. And he's there living in his brother's rightful home. Yeah. And it's not helped by Lavinia, oh. his wife, who is quite, I mean, she, she's quite silly. Yeah. <laughs> she's selfish. Oh, yeah. And she's quite childlike, isn't she? She is yes. just basically a spoiled child. Yeah. And um, is a you know a big pull on his um, his purse strings because mm. she she spends a lot of money and not just her all of her brothers oh, yeah. off him as well don't they yeah yeah it's the whole family in fact yeah the whole family is um, the Belmanoirs Belmanoirs yeah they're, they're not a nice bunch are they no they're pretty horrible and I think they acknowledge it they have a degree of self awareness yeah. Yeah. But they don't seem interested in improving yeah. themselves in probably, any way. Yeah, probably the nicest one is Andrew. Yeah. Who is just a bit of a scamp. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's a rake, but yeah. doesn't really go beyond that. He's kind of just a bit useless. Yeah. But then, yeah, and then there's Robert, who is re- not in it very much, but he's mm. a bit of him, really not a nice guy. Mm-hmm. And then Tracy, Balmanoir, the, the great, the older brother, Grace of Andover. Yeah. Who we will come to later. Yeah, okay. Um, 
so yeah I think when I first started reading that storyline I thought god yeah these guys kind of deserve each other yeah. Richard and Lavinia because Richard did his brother a bad deed and Lavinia is a pretty suitable punishment really living yeah. with her Ooh. yeah but yeah he loves her though. yeah and actually I guess their saving grace is that in the end we do learn that actually and she learns that mm. she however much she takes him for granted mm. you know she does love him um in yeah. a way i quite like the way they get to that point as well yeah. so the tough spot that richard finds himself in is he can come clean which saves his brother yeah but he can't do that without bringing shame upon himself yeah and his wife Yes, that's his struggle, isn't it? That's, yeah. yeah. Who does he choose to punish, really? His yeah. brother or, or his wife? Yeah. Um, and Lavinia is very much not helping no. in that respect by saying, yeah. "How you can't do this to me. You, you, you can't expose us. Yeah. And I guess there's a few things that happen hmm. that push him yeah. in the end to, to be truthful. Yes. So we know... So the first thing is he meets... Oh, Mrs. Mrs. Fanshawe. Yeah. Yes. The mysterious widow who had run into Jack. So recognised the yeah. the similarities between the brothers and approaches him and basically yeah. asks him if he has a brother. Yeah. And then um I guess that brings back all sorts of memories for him mm. and and she talks about a sadness within Jack and I guess yeah. that fans of flames, doesn't it, of saying, Okay, you can't you yeah. can't let this continue. Yeah. And then um for Lavinia, so he so she um, gets back in touch with uh, Harry Lovelace, Lovelace yeah, yeah, who's a bit of a rake and a um, mm. somebody that she knew in her youth. Yeah, and um, Richard thinks that she's gonna run away with him, mm. and I guess that give that gives him well, she, well he she's gonna run away and be with him. Then yeah. that's something off. <laughs> I'm not allowed to worry about it anymore. <laughs> so she's gonna be happy with him, and so I'm not gonna. Um, yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't need to. Um, I don't. I don't know. I don't owe her anything, but I don't have to. Yeah. Worry, worry about her shame. She will be provided for. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's fair. And some of the, some of my favourite bits in, in the interactions between those two, and on that storyline, are where um, the the misunderstandings because, Lavinia thinks that Richard's been spending all this time with Mrs. Fanshawe because she's an attractive widow and he's yeah. she's losing his affection. Yeah. Um, Richard thinks that uh, that Lavinia is more in love with Loveless than she actually is. Yeah. So they're both at cross purposes. Um, Tracy is incredibly frustrated at the fact that Richard, i.e. his pot of money that he dips yeah. into whenever he wants, is possibly going to slip out of his grasp. Yeah, but also he doesn't want her, his sister to uh, shame, shame herself and yeah. shame upon the family as well. So, yeah. Yeah, he might have a tiny bit of actual genuine affection for her. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. But there, there, there's a, a point, I think, at the end where uh, Tracy comes around to speak to, to Richard and, and says, I've got rid of Lovelace for you. I've spoken to his yeah. commanding officer and I'm sending him off somewhere. And uh, and Richard's saying, oh, it's okay, he's in the next room with, with the veneer. Yeah. And, and Tracy's <laughs> horrified that Richard's been such an understanding husband about it. And yeah. But by then they've already come to yeah. to an understanding. Yeah, they have. So she, yeah, there's a, there's a moment where... He, Richard plays the man I think yes. is, the, is the phrase yeah. and um, yeah and she basically puts his foot down and says no you're not going to like with and, she, and then she 
and they cry. The, then they cry. So she realizes how much she loves him, and it all turns out okay for them in the end. And she accepts that he is going to end up telling the truth about yeah what happened at their card party. Well, she realizes how good a man he is and how much he loves her, yeah. and that gives her a bit of a shock, doesn't it? Yeah, it makes her come to her senses. I don't know how long that's going to last. He, I mean, she does say at the end, I'm, I'm going to be better. And, and he says, you, you know, I, I love you as you are. You're, you're a naughty person and that's yeah. that's fine. That's who you are. Um, but yeah, you, you sense there's going to be quite a few arguments yeah. ahead, don't you? It, it does end up quite sweetly, but they're not they're not the most likable characters, are they? I mean, she is no. definitely... She, she grates on me in the book. Oh, there's a bit where they describe how she talks. Let me find it. Okay. Her voice was rather high-pitched and childish, and she had a curious way of ending each sentence with an upward lilt and a long, drawn-out accent. Very fascinating to listen to. to it just sounds annoying. Yeah. It just sounds annoying. So I, I tried reading some of her sentences. Um, high-pitched, childish, upward lilt, <laughs> long, drawn-out accent, and I, I just sounded insane. So, um, yes, oh yes, and, and you will, Richard? Is that what she sounds like? I don't know. I hope not. (laughs) Poor, poor Richard. Yeah. And their misunderstanding about who loves who is resolved in this one scene towards the end. It's the, the the morning of the day that Lavinia is supposed to elope and she's not feeling happy about it. Richard is obviously completely miserable too. Carstairs looked down at the golden head and at the little face with its eyes cast down and the red mouth set so wistfully. Heavens, how could he bear to live without her? Mechanically, he took the letter. Lavinia turned away and as she stepped from him, something snapped in Richard's brain. The luckless invitation was flung down. No, by God, you shall not, he cried suddenly. Lavinia stopped, trembling. Oh, oh, what do you mean, she fluttered. The mists were gone from his mind now. Everything was clear. Lavinia should not elope with Loveless. In two strides, he was at her side and had caught her by the shoulders and swung her to face him. You shall not leave me, do you understand? I cannot live without you. Lavinia gave a little cry of relief, joy and wonderment and shrank against him. Oh, please, please forgive me and keep me with you, she cried, and clung to the lapels of his coat. Carstairs swept her right off the ground in the violence of his embrace, but she did not mind, although the crushing was ruinous to her silks. Silks were no longer uppermost in her brain. She returned his kisses eagerly, sobbing a little. Who doesn't like a sobbing kiss? (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, fine, they love each other. Well, good. They'll be all right. Yeah. They'll be all right. Even though, yeah. And also there's a bit at the end about how they don't really have to live as outcasts. No. They, they? Turns it, out nobody actually cares. T- yeah. It was a long time ago. A lot of time has passed and she, they're accepted. Yeah. And oh. actually you get the feeling they, they're going to be all right. Yeah. I, I do feel bad for her son. I don't think he's going to be okay. Oh my goodness, no. She's a she, horrible mother. She, she's not what you'd call a natural mother, is she? <laughs> But, you know, Richard seems to like him. <laughs> yeah, and he's like about to have an uncle on the scene now. Yeah. And Diana will probably be nice to him. So hey, maybe it'll work out for the little <laughs> kid. <laughs> so in the meantime, Jack um, is continuing to be a highwayman. And when he's going about his business... Um, comes across a woman, a young woman being abducted mm. um, by a set of ruffians oh, yeah. led by who he recognises yeah. as the, his grace of Andover. Tracy. So Tracy, who is Lavinia's brother. Yeah. Um, and he, obviously, 
because it is it is his nature comes to her rescue mm-hmm. and fights Tracy. Yeah, yeah. And in the meet in the process of that, he um, gets shot. He does in the shoulder. In Classic the shoulder. shoulder injury. But it's a, it's really just a scrape. But he loses a lot of blood. Yeah, well, I don't know. He's kind of out of it for about a week. Yeah, but they do just yeah. Yeah, and yeah. I think it's important to point out that um, Tracy did not do that in an honourable fashion. No, he was he was he, he was, lost the the lost sword the fight, fight, and then he got out his um, pistol and shot him, which is very dishonourable. Yes. Um, but I think it's sort of it's sort of, well, it's okay because he thought he was just a highwayman <laughs> rather than another gentleman. Yeah. In which case, he would never have done it yeah. if he was a. It's okay. He was poor. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. It's all right. Um, but so, it, but it does mean yeah. that. Jack gets to spend some time recuperating in the presence of yes. Diana. So, th- so there's Miss Betty and Diana. Mm-hmm. They're in the coach. They're in the coach, um, and they bring uh, Jack back to their house. Mm-hmm. Who and it's who she lives with her father and her aunt Betty. Yeah, and um, Jack comes back there to recuperate, and during that time, falls in love with yeah Diana. It's very sweet. They get a, a decent amount of time together, don't they? Yeah, they, they, they fall in love with each other. Um, until the point where Jack sort of realises yeah. that he is in love mm-hmm. with her and realises that she he can't give her anything. No. And can't, um, yeah, can't, can't marry her. He's, he's, his name is blackened. He can't, mm-hmm. um, he can't offer it to her. And so um, has to leave. Yeah. Oh, and that leads to a very painful conversation in the garden, doesn't it? Yes, it does. So this is the scene where he's told her at this point that he um, he has to go away. That he's told her that about the cheating, mm-hmm. um, but um, he he is still taking the blame. So he said that he did it, mm-hmm. and basically is telling her that there's no um, there's no way he can offer a woman marriage because of this. Yeah. So. His hand flew out eagerly and dropped back to his side. It was hopeless. He could not help tell her the truth and ask her to share his disgrace. He must bear it alone, and above all, he must not whine. He had chosen to take Richard's blame, and he must abide by the consequences. It was not a burden to be cast off as soon as it became too heavy for him. It was forever, forever. He forced his mind to grasp that fact. All through his life, he must be alone against the world. His name would never be cleared. He could never ask this sweet child who sat before him with such a wistful, pleading look on her lovely face to wed him. He looked down at her sombrely, telling himself that she did not really care, it was, that it was own, his own foolish imagination. Now she was speaking. He listened to the liquid voice that repeated. Could it not be forgotten? No, mademoiselle, it will always be there. To all intents and purposes, might it not be forgotten, she persisted. It will always stand in the way, mademoiselle. Mm. So, yeah, I think it's it's quite a sad scene because she's basically saying, yeah, she's really putting herself out there. Yeah, she's saying, you know, you you know, yeah, I don't care. I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Yeah. I don't care about your past. Yeah. I'm here for the taking, sort of thing. Yeah, and and he can't do it because um, his honour mm. is um, is is forbidding him to do it. She doesn't. He can't. She can't share in his burden. So yeah. it's it's quite a sad scene. And I think there's a scene. There's a a scene after that or a, um, a bit after that where she's sort of looking back and thinking oh god how embarrassing I've, I basically offered yeah. myself to him <laughs> we've all been there haven't we yeah exactly um, I offered myself to him and he's rejected me yeah. I guess she, she just feels rejected yeah. but he feels like he's doing the right thing yeah uh, yeah so it's quite sad and I think that's really 
one of the only times in the book where you see him being a bit bitter or resentful mm. towards what has happened mm. um, because he can't he can't have what he really wants which is yeah. Diana I guess before what he was giving up was fairly intangible but yeah. when he meets Diana it crashes home yeah and it's it's yeah it's this real this real thing in front of him that he can't he can't have the woman he loves but he can because it ends it's nicely okay. yeah it's okay he does some fantastic hero main man dashing across the countryside on his beautiful mare yeah. in the middle of the night having eaten a very big meal just beforehand <laughs> I, did, I, I didn't notice that it's a that huge bit. meal did you think oh <laughs> no. I couldn't get on a horse with that, yeah. that she didn't mention all the bits where he presumably stopped and puked over the side of the horse <laughs> <laughs> yes because his grace of Andover not to be bested by a highwayman yeah um, tries to abduct Diana again yeah it, it was a very well thought out plan I thought yeah, he so really he, laid the foundations for that yeah, quite a while. He in got advance. a groom into the house. Yeah, and basically this groom led her to go blackberry picking or something. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and then then he pounced, he pounced, put her in a coach. Yeah, yeah, and um, abducts her. Yeah, and she's she's um, very cool about it. Well, yeah. she's not not as in she's okay with it. Yeah. Just she's calm. She handles it with as much strength and dignity yeah. as she can I quite like that scene where um, she pretends to be asleep yeah and then he says well you you did really well there because I don't I've never met anybody who can sleep without their jaw dropping <laughs> yeah. in a coach um, yeah but she yeah she holds it together really yeah. well that made me think of the amount of photos that my husband's taken of me with my mouth open <laughs> <Yeah>. sleeping <laughs> you have not got the grace of Diana as it turns out I really don't know <laughs> yeah So yeah, and then uh, and Jack, Jack finds out. Oh, the the um the father um, yeah. realizes she's been abducted, and then goes to. Well, Tracy, with a bit of arrogance here, yeah, added, put a note on on Mistress Diana's pommel and sent the horse back. Oh right, yeah. Explaining what he'd done. Yeah. Classic Bond villain error there. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, and then at that point, um, Diana's father got hold of of Jack. And yeah. sent Jack the younger man over to to save the day, yeah. and he does. It's fantastic. He well, apart from the, the point where he spends half an hour trying to find a way through the hedge with the horse, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which slowed things down a little bit, I guess. Because yeah. he says that in the end, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you probably weren't that far behind me because I've been trying to get through the hedge for the last yeah. half an hour. Yeah, that definitely added a nice little bit of fast into the background of that, <laughs> that scene. But then he climbs in through the window just as um, Tracy is about to attack, or in the midst of an attack on Diana. Yeah. And he saves the day. So he, um, you know, they yeah. have another a fight, another duel. Yeah. And I guess that it all comes together in the end, doesn't it? That, that's the point yeah. where all the storylines mm. come together. And um, because they're in this duel, um, and in the, uh, Richard and Andrew yeah. are at the same time on their way to um, the, the house, his, mm. his Grace's house, um, because R- Richard's. Are just about to reveal every, everything in a big, um, yeah, yeah, a big, a big party, basically, <laughs> big I was, truth party. I was thinking actually, you know, how bad a party must that be? He gathers all these people from quite far away, yeah. tells them he's done something horribly dishonourable. <laughs> what do you do then, after that? Yeah, canapes. Yeah. So they all just go home straight. We away. don't see that party, do we? But um, no. Yeah. Well, a lot of people that would have been there are well, at the house anyway, yeah. aren't they? So yeah, that was. Fun. So anyway, so then the brothers are reunited again. Mm. Um, 
Diana, and that's actually quite that's quite a good scene, isn't it? When they're all like Diana's gone to bed, mm. so basically they're all they all come together. Richard um, stops the fight, stops the duel. Yeah. Um, between, runs in there, like yeah. throws his sword in and sort of yeah breaks puts, them up. Puts up, puts up puts Leave it; he's not worth it. Exactly. Um, and then everybody, yeah. And then it all it all stops basically. But then everybody's in this house, and it's too yeah. late to go home. Yeah. <laughs> so you have, and they're hungry, and they're hungry. So you have all of the men. I think Diana goes to bed, and yeah, then you have yeah. his grace around over. Yeah. Richard, Jack. Yeah. Miles, who we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah. Um, Andrew, all sitting around the table, being very civil to each other. I've, I, I found can imagine that. that. Very, oh yeah, because yeah, they're all British, English and, yeah. sure. Um, but I do find it slightly unrealistic, perhaps. That you fought a duel with somebody. Well, and the, then you can sit around the table with them. Well, yeah, and the, and the bit where just before Diana leaves to go to bed, she stops um, by Tracy, and yeah. says, "You know what you've done is awful, but you know what it brought me back." Jack yeah. and I was thinking I, I think if you're kidnapped and, and there's an attempted rape you probably aren't really ever no. that grateful no matter what the outcome is but I, I I agree with that but I can imagine people in that position thinking that you would have to remain civil to them in society yeah I I think there were a few references in this book to Tracy having abducted and attacked women numerous times yeah. often just farmer's daughters so he's not a great guy he's no. a he's but he's a proper villain yeah and i'm not sure he's always presented as a proper villain he's no that that jarred with me oh yeah and the fact does, that they all basically the... kind of said yeah we're gonna have to cover this up because you know he's one of us he's a rich dude so yeah we're not gonna i mean i'm sure in other books i've read they've just managed to hustle someone onto the continent or send them off yeah, but they can't. Him. They can't. He's a he's a, he's he's a duke. I know, but that's the thing. He gets away with it just because he's a yeah, duke. I'm sure people did. I'm sure, people do. I I think I think think people probably did get away with it. Mm. But it is, I think it's more uncomfortable because the book is called the Black Moth. It is yeah. he is a central character in it, and you're not meant to hate him. No, he's got too many good lines, hasn't yeah. he? You're not meant to hate him. He's the the prologue about, is about him. Yeah. Um, it ends the epilogue and, is, as well, is about it is about him and it's almost about how he is reformed yeah through his love of diana because he does actually love her in a way mm. or you, you're well you are asked to believe that he you're definitely asked to believe he loves yeah her. i don't believe it well I, well he he was he was in love with it he he she was different in some way and she, and he he really he wanted to marry her he didn't want to yeah. marry the rest of them the rest of the women he abducted yeah right. Right. um so that's something <laughs> um i don't mean that i just mean you well you you are supposed to you are asked to uh i think in, in the book mm. um think that he is reformed in some way yeah because he basically wasn't able to get the girl that he really wanted uh, yeah, I'm willing to believe that he's changed in some way. His outlook has changed a bit. I don't know, reformed. I can't imagine him suddenly being noticeably yeah. nicer to anyone or less selfish. Yeah. That's just who Should we read that bit? Yeah. So this is his grace of Andover talking about um, what he'd done. So, I began wrongly, he said. Yes, assented his friend. She was not that kind of girl. Oh. But having begun wrongly, I could not undo the wrong. 
so you made it worse, said Falkowski gently. I would have married her in all honour, in your own arrogant fashion, Tracy. As you say, in my own arrogant fashion, Frank. If I could go back a year, but where's the use? I'm not whining. Presently I shall return to England and make my bow to the Countess of Wincham. Possibly I shall not feel one jealous qualm. One never knows. In all events, I'll make that bow. You will? Frank looked sharply down at him. Nothing more, Tracy. Do you, you do not propose? Nothing more. You see, Frank, I love her. I crave your pardon. Yes, she would not t um, take you, but she has, I think, made you. As I once told you, when love came, you would count yourself as an out, and her happiness is everything. For a moment his grace was silent, and then back came the old smile, still cynical, yet with less of a sneer on it. How very pleasant it must be, Frank, to have one's prophecy so happily verified, he purred. Allow me to felicitate you. Mm. So I think, yeah, he, he, yeah, you, you were asked to believe that he's changed in some way and that he, um, he, he did love her. Frank is a hopeless romantic, I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now, as a result of that attempted kidnap early on, um, there's a there's a part where Diana suspects that um, Tracy, who has presented himself as Mr. Everett to her, oh, yeah. um, she suspects that isn't his real identity, and she knows that Jack does know who he is, mm. or at least has a suspicion. So she tries to get him to tell her who it was that tried to abduct her, and Jack refuses because yeah. of basically some sort of bro code I, yeah. I don't know there's some sort of I don't really know though why he wouldn't tell yeah, well because I was her. thinking that the ending would have been a lot different if she'd have known who it was that tried to attack her when she'd gone missing after going blackberry picking her father would have known yeah. where to send help yeah so I feel like Jack endangered her by not giving her the information well yeah I think that's right um I don't know what he feared by her knowing that as well. Was it? A, I feel like it was just like a, a weird code thing. Like but she couldn't have done anything anyway, though. No. Apart from yeah. protect herself a little bit better. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Dodgy, eh? It is dodgy. It is, dodgy. It is definitely dodgy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's that scene where they're, um, Diana's gone to bed and they're all hungry and stuck in this house. Yeah. And... Um, and Tracy just says, um, oh, lay, lay covers for five in the dining room. Yeah. And O'Hara, um, for a moment, O'Hara's mouth twitched and then he burst out laughing. Everyone looked at him inquiringly. Egard, he gasped. Well, sink me as I ever came across a more amusing villain. Lay covers for five. Oh, dammy. Or should I have said six, continued his grace imperturbably. Am I not to have the honour of Mr. Bailey's company? O'Hara checked his mirth. No, you're not. He is content to let me manage the business and went back to Little Dean. I am sorry about his grace and turned to my lord, who, with his arm about Diana's waist, was watching him arrogantly. I see how the land lies, he remarked. I congratulate you, John. I cannot help wishing that I had finished you that day in the road. Permit me to say that you fence rather creditably. My lord bowed stiffly. Of course, continued his grace smoothly, you also wish you had disposed of me. I sympathise. But however much you may inwardly despise and loathe me, you cannot show it, unless you choose to make yourself and me the talk of town, not forgetting Mistress Diana. Also, I abhor bad tragedy, so I trust you will remain here tonight as my guest. 
Now, Andrew, pray do not omit to order bedchambers to be prepared. Afterwards, you need never come near me again. In fact, I hope that you will not. How did you feel about my Irish accent there, Rach? <laughs> it, it was interesting. Oh. It's interesting considering your Irish heritage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you yeah. thought it would be a little better. <laughs> it's really hard. It is. I would not have wanted to attempt it so well done. Thanks, yeah. It turns out I don't have any shame when it comes to accents. I'm just going to yeah. give it a go. <laughs> Excellent. So I think we should talk a bit about how um, this book, and particularly his Grace of Andover, was a blueprint for other Heyer um, heroes, and specifically oh, yeah. um, his Grace of Avon in These Old Shades. Oh, yeah, so there okay. are a lot of similarities between right. this character and the family, basically, the family, the Belmont family. And then um, the family in these old shades. So we know, so different names, um, and probably he's not quite as dark a character, yeah, <laughs> as um, Tracy Balmainoir. Um, but his Grace of Avon is also known as Devil. Yeah. Um, he has the family's quite similar. So you've got mm. a sister, slightly silly sister. Mm-hmm. Although I think Fanny's got more to offer than. Yeah. Lavinia has. Yeah. Um, you've got um, a scamp younger oh, brother. Rupert. Yeah. yeah, Rupert and Andrew are quite similar. Mm, mm. Um, th- there also, as, as far as I remember, in these old shades, there is reference to a lady that um, Avon loved in his past, oh. but was the the late you know the one that got away. Oh, okay, I don't remember. Thing, who he didn't treat very well. Mm. So I think he might have abducted her. Oh. Um, so. Yeah, so I think you've definitely got a blueprint for mm. um, these old shades there. And mm-hmm. then, of course, these old shades uh, is the prequel yeah. to Devil's Cub. Yes, which I love. Yeah, yeah. Um, which is also a prequel to Infamous Army. Oh, yeah, I always get slightly confused about the, the links between those. But yeah, but there's okay. a... there's a, a Yeah, it's Alistair, isn't it? Mm. The Alistair's is the... Is, the family name mm. um, and then and then that links to Regency Buck mm-hmm. um, as well in a way anyway we can we can deal with that another time when we're talking about those books but basically it's a bit of a saga yeah so actually there are quite um, a few characters that we recognise mm-hmm. in this or at least names of characters in um in this book that she uses in later yeah later books so it's quite interesting reading this after you read the rest of it oh okay so there's mr markham he's in a book somewhere i think he's a dodgy character in the book yeah and i did a little squeal when i read out um mr standish standish yeah so richard went over to mrs fanshaw's house at one point and there was a mr standish there and i thought oh maybe it's a freddy relative yes yeah, it wouldn't be the same one, would it? Because no. it's too long ago. But mm. um, yeah, so I think the, they, there is a lot of a lot of these characters are reused, and actually, there is a um, His Grace of Avon is in this book. Oh, is um, he? Yeah, um, he's one of the people that were at the card party, oh, and yeah, was, yeah. I think there's a ball at his house at some point as well, oh, or okay, a party yeah. at his house. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a lot of characters. I like that. Reused. I like it. I like there's a world of people. Yeah. That flit in and out. I wish actually that Georgia Hay had done more of that. Yeah, 
because I think these these are the only books. So, as we said, um, you have these old shades, um, Devil's Cub, mm-hmm. um, and then Infamous Army. Yeah. Um, but also it, that Infamous Army is also linked with Regency Buck. Uh huh. So. Um, oh, we're we gonna have to read all of those in a. Well, in a run. I'm not sure we need to read it in a row. Infamous Army is quite Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. Yeah, there's definitely uh, they do have they are interconnected and there yeah. are actual sim like the same characters running through those ones. Mm. But I think that's the only saga type mm. Mm. thing in that she did, isn't it? I think. Yeah, sometimes there are secondary characters you just want to see more of. Yeah. And I, you know, a lot of the Georgia Hayer knockoff writers they do that. They that's one of the things they, I guess they they latch onto and they they create a whole world with characters the same characters then we know because you have in there are a few characters in this and in other Haya books that are real people that were mm. real people at, mm. at the time because I think it was like in, Lady Jersey yeah and in the, the kind Regency of, ones yeah. in this one was it uh, Mr Walpole or something it, yes he, I'm sure he, yeah yeah I'm sure there are real real people in that mm. um that just a little cameo have little cameos yeah in her books um, but I like that because I like the I, when she talks about in, in the Regency you have Lady mm. Jersey Lady Sefton patronesses of, of um, Ormax and it, it sort of it's nice to read about that world isn't it yeah and characters like the dandy Beau Brummel yeah yeah he's in the yeah so that, that's when you get to the Regencies I think you have mm. a lot more of that in the Regencies yeah. a lot more of those characters coming forth when she really gets into comes into her own she's done all that research got to yeah. use it but I think you can, even though she wrote this when she was very young, mm. um, you you still have that um, attention to detail. So oh, yeah. um, in terms of the dress, and, yeah, yeah, um, maybe not quite as much in later ones. There's a whole passage about wigs and Tories that she yeah. gets into that you know, yeah, took a bit of knowledge. Yeah, exactly. So she definitely she researched from a, mm. a young age. She really did research to to, to write these books. And um, yeah, that comes across even even this very early one. Mm. The one thing I do not get is this thing with the gentleman coming into a lady's boudoir, yeah, and watching the latter stages yeah. of them getting dressed. Mm-hmm. That seemed to be a big thing in mm. Georgian. Yeah, times. Um, obviously, it had become less popular. Yeah, and maybe yeah. In um, maybe it became a little bit more more conservative. More conservative in yeah. Regency. Well, yeah, in some ways. Um, but yeah. So 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 uh, uh, and a, a several gentlemen mm. would be invited to come and watch the woman get dressed and put her outer yeah, yeah. outer dress on. So she would have been. Have all her under stuff on, wouldn't you? She wouldn't, you couldn't have seen anything covered. interesting. Yeah. No, but just the process of maybe um, putting jewelry on. Yeah, putting jewelry on. Arranging flowers yeah. or something. Yeah. Patches were big yes. then. Yeah. Because this was a time of big oh, wigs. Yeah. yeah. Um, Elaborate coiffures. Yeah, exactly. Um, powdered faces, mm-hmm. patches. It just it just seems so dull, doesn't it? Like going to watch it. Yeah. Can, can you imagine your partner coming in and like, oh, maybe maybe this mascara rage? Yeah, no. It just won't happen, would it? No, it wouldn't. I I, I really cannot get my head around that. Yeah. Because that's one thing that happened in this. So the Lavinia, 
Oh um, yeah, she invites people up to her boudoir too. Yeah, Harry Lovelace being Lovelace being one of them. I guess a big part of that society was the witty banter and flirting. Yeah, and it gave an opportunity for that. Yeah, and I guess the getting the getting ready. Yeah, was like a big thing because they had such a lot mm. to do. And it's another display of wealth, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And like you had gentlemen like advising where to put the yeah where yeah. to put the patches and one yeah. bit that um <laughs> I found very strange was where Richard's getting ready. Richard, the slightly dull brother, is getting ready mm. to get to go out, and he stencils his eyebrows. <laughs> yeah. yeah, fair enough. Yeah. yeah, and then I think that was the same day that he had um, hot chocolate and steak for breakfast, oh, which breakfast of kings. <sighs> if I was that rich, I think that's what I'd do. Yeah. Stencil my eyebrows and have hot chocolate in bed. I mean, that's why you'd have gout. Oh yeah. But yeah, but yeah, why not? Eh? You yeah. only live to about fifty, so who cares? Yeah, and if you're a woman, you're going to die in childbirth pretty early on. Might as well make the most of it with chocolate and steak for breakfast (laughs) (laughs) and that's it for our discussion about the black moth thanks for listening everyone next time we're going to be talking about Friday's Child ooh I like that one Regency we think yeah yeah we think we remember (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's been a while since I read that so that would be a nice treat to yeah to break it out cool it'd be good alright do read with us if you fancy it people bye bye